You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good Wednesday morning. We're here for Stucky Talk on Sunday, I mean, on Wednesday, September 30th. <laughs> the week is flying by, and I'm Stephanie Stucky, and I'm here with my co host, David. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm David Moxley, and uh, I have the pleasure of working with Stephanie on the uh, station. And we want to appreciate, tell everyone how much we appreciate you tuning in to America's Web Radio. Yeah, so it is the last day of September. Pretty hard to believe that it's flying by so quickly. We're really getting into October, which is Halloween month. So Halloween is on this year, by the way. That's the National Confectioners Association has really been hammering that message. And while we all need to be safe, we want Halloween to still be on because that is the number one day for candy makers of the year. So just want to put that plug in because pretty soon we'll be in the month for Halloween. But today is the last day of September, and Stucky still needs to meet our monthly sales record or sales goal for our website. So we have a online discount. Today is the last day of it, and it's 10NOW is the promo code. So the number 10 and then NOW. So if you go on our website, you enter that promo code, you will get 10% off all orders over $25. So... Hope you'll go online and get some Stucky's treats, and we'll dive right into the show. Speaking of treats, every week I want to feature a different classic candy, and I thought this week we'd go with a theme with one of my favorite candy ingredients. So, Dave, I want to ask you how you pronounce this. C-A-R-A-M-E-L. How do you pronounce that? Carl? Carl. Caramel? Do you say caramel, or do you say caramel? No, I say uh, caramel. Caramel. So I've always said caramel, but caramel. there's you, you pronounce all of it. It's like pecan and pecan. <laughs> it's a debate. Tomato and tomato. Tomato, tomato. Do you say caramel or caramel? So would love to get some feedback from the listeners on sure. what they prefer. Uh, but no matter how you say it, it is delicious. So. Records show Americans have been making candy since the 1650s, and they used to make hard candy in kettles, and it was mostly a bunch of sugar boiled in water. And then one day they had the brilliant idea of, do you know what the magic ingredient is to make caramel? It's boiling water and sugar, and then you throw something in there. Uh, 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 Syrup, maple syrup or something like that? Nope. It's, well, I hate to say it, it's fat. So it's butter or milk. So mm. that's sort of the ingredient that gives that this beautiful creamy milk color. And it, and it tastes milky. Uh, so it was the mid-1800s, and do you know who really started making caramel? Or caramel? I have no idea. Okay, so who's the most famous chocolatier, you think? When you think of chocolate. Hershey. Hershey. Milton Hershey began huh. making caramels out of his Lancaster, Pennsylvania caramel company. And that's what he called one of his first companies. It was Lancaster Caramel Company. And the man whose name has become synonymous with his chocolate, he first started making caramel candies. And it was his search to improve upon caramel that he discovered chocolate. And he went that route instead. Hmm. And millions and millions of Americans and people worldwide are grateful for that because 
I love Hershey's chocolate. I think we all do. We'll have to do an episode probably just <laughs> on Hershey's because it's such an amazing story. You know, we, we have a very close tie with Hershey, Pennsylvania, in that that's uh, where the uh, uh, American or Antique Automobile Association is. Oh, yeah. And uh, they have a big thing every year. Uh, they had to call it off this year. First time yeah. since they started it. Hmm. But... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, our friend Steve Moskowitz, that's the uh, director of the uh, Antique Car Club uh, of America, is uh, just super. And uh, Steve Ronaldo, that does the show, goes to Hershey every year. Oh, wow. Well, I, I need to go because that's two of my favorite things, Hershey's Chocolate and Antique Cars. And people who drive Antique Cars and Vintage Cars go really well with Stuckies because yeah, we were, we're, we're part of the car culture. Cars. Well, I enjoy it. I've been to quite a few car meets, and I think they're a lot of fun. I don't own one. I don't drive one, although sometimes I think I am driving a vintage car. It's <laughs> just a beat-up car I got on Craigslist, but it gets me where I need to go. But I like I like going to car meets and talking to people, and it's the same type of people who stop at Stuckies. We're you kindred know, spirits. Yeah, you know, it, it's a funny thing. We deal with a lot of folks there, obviously. Yeah. And I can across the board say that the folks that are into have anything to do with vintage or classic cars, whatever you want to call them, antique cars, they are the nicest, nicest people in the world. They're just, you know. Yeah. It's like they bend over backwards to do anything for you. Yeah, a, a little digression, but earlier this year I was driving Route 66, and people should do that. Even if you don't have the time to do the entire Route 66, which is a huge time commitment, just do part of it. And I spent about four days driving through Missouri and Oklahoma stretches of Route 66. I did a little bit of Illinois as well. And in Cuba, Missouri, I stayed at the oldest operating Motel on Route 66. It's called the Wagon Wheel Motel. It's a beautiful little town, and they've got murals all over the town, so they're known for their murals. And I happened to be at this hotel the same night as a vintage car club. They had actually taken over the hotel for the whole week, and there had been a last-minute cancellation. I was the only guest there that wasn't part of the club. And they were super nice, and they had all their cars, and they would... There was a little fire pit, and they would hang out by the fire pit at night. So lots of fun, friendly people. I digress. So we're in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and Milton Hershey sold his Lancaster Caramel Company for, you want to take a guess how much money he sold it for? I have no idea. So, and when was this? This was sold? in the um, mid to late 1880s. I'll have to get the exact date, but 1850 like thousands, uh, ten, twenty thousand. He sold it for a whopping one million dollars. One million. Wow. Yes. Which, by today's dollars, fast forward, it'd be about thirty-two million. So, he was clearly onto something with the the caramel, but the people behind or the family behind. The caramel candies I'm going to start off talking about today, and then I'll get to cowtails, which so many people love cowtails. But the caramel cream, and I love that it says the original on the label. Uh, this was founded in Baltimore, Maryland, by a man by the name August Gutz, and he bought the Baltimore Chewing Gum Company in 1895. And so it started as a chewing gum company. He changed the name to the Guts Candy Company. And what I love about it is it's still in the Guts family. 
So since 1895, they have been making candies, and he came up with chewy caramel candy with a creamy center in 1918. And today it's known as bullseye or caramel creams. And they became so popular by 1940 that Guts Candy decided it was the only candy they would make. Now, they later added more candy. And nowadays, they come in all sorts of varieties. They've got the original, which is vanilla, but they also have chocolate, strawberry, caramel apple, caramel brownie, and licorice. Now, I could just find the original. And so we'll have to see at Stuckey's. It might be fun if we can stock some of the more um, exotic flavors, so to speak. But today for the show, we're going to stick to the original vanilla. So I'm going to open it up. Oh, I should read. It says there's only 220 calories per serving. Uh, but, oh, one serving per container. So mm. there you go. These are nice little pick-me-ups. And it says Guts's Candy Company, still in Baltimore, Maryland. Do you want to try one of these, sure. David? Okay. That's about all that's in Baltimore at this point, I think. Oh, you know, one of my favorite things about Baltimore, I was there a few years ago, is seeing Edgar Allan Poe's grave, which is really fun. I always think of Edgar Allan Poe. So, here we go. And you can see why they called them bullseye because sure. they've got the little white center. Okay. Is you ready to have a, a chewy experience? To your Yeah. Mm. Okay. What I like about this, it's really hard and chewy on the outside, but really soft and creamy with a burst of vanilla on the inside. And it's not too much. I mean, I I take tiny bites. You can pop this in your mouth. One bite. <laughs> mm. What do you think? Good. Very good. Next show, I need to bring a cup of coffee because there's nothing like coffee and a little bit of sugar. Start your day. Unfortunately, mm. we don't make coffee here. I'll bring some. There's Dunkin' Donuts right down the street. <laughs> I have to say I'm old school. I still say Dunkin' Donuts. You know what their new name is. Mm. Dunkin'. You're supposed to just say Dunkin'. Mm. Because they're not just donuts. It's Dunkin'. Dunkin', okay. By the way, the history of Dunkin' Donuts is really fascinating. That should be another That should be another show. Okay. I could eat this whole thing, but since we've got a couple of candies that we're gonna try today, I'm gonna I'm gonna set this aside. And move on to Slowpoke, which is also the Guts Candy Company. Hmm. So, now are these found in your boxes that you send out, or they or? can be? I should start including those. That this is a great idea. So, I'm figure out what I want to do for our holiday boxes, and I really want to start doing some more nostalgic candy boxes. We're definitely going to include some goo-goos because Stuckey's and goo-goo has a long-standing relationship. So I will, I'll put some goo-goos in there and um, Anastasia coconut bars. Mm-hmm. We sell those at Stuckey's. We sell Claxton fruit cakes. We've sold those forever. <laughs> and moon pies is another classic that I like to put in a holiday box. You can RC colon moon pies, right? So I'm conflicted on that one because 
we're in Atlanta, and of course that's the home of Coca-Cola, or as my great aunt B said, Coca-Colas, right? Yeah. That's what they said in the Deep South. So I like to promote our hometown favorite drink, which is I think America and the world's favorite drink, which is Coca-Cola. I agree. Yeah. Okay. I guess what I was asking too. Do you put these in the in the uh, boxes that you sell, like the Ace Hardware and all that? No. No. So if you if you're a retailer and you're interested in starting a Stuckey's account, we're going to sell our products. Okay, makes sense. But yeah. having said that, I really believe that all of these classic candies are comrades or collaborators or friends because we've all been around for a long time and there's something special about these nostalgic candy brands so i like to promote all of them but we don't we don't necessarily sell them now some of our stores may sell them but as far as what stuckies will sell wholesale to our distributors and our retail outlets we're going to be selling our our original products which we're most known for the pecan log roll but we have a whole variety of candy line products that we sell so uh back to the slow pokes so it started out well it's an elongated stick-shaped chewy caramel and it's similar to bullseye because you know what's in the center there's some vanilla cream right and uh they kept with the uh bovine theme you know this is a bull so um oops i'm sorry that was the cow tail that's the bovine theme sorry i am getting my candies mixed up so the cow tail was also goods candy Slowpoke is atkinson so cow tail started out on a stick so it was like a it was like a popsicle and it's chewy caramel with a cream center you wonder how they came up with the name yeah i just know that they had a bovine theme that's what my research was able to show me. So if anyone knows more about this, let me know. It does have, I like that there's a little homage to what they started with. So you can see the little bullseye mm-hmm. on the back of the package. I don't I don't know how well that shows up on the camera. So it was like originally a little... Um, Hold on, I'm pulling up my notes here. So, like the caramel creams, it comes in different flavors. You can get this in the original caramel, which is what we have. Caramel brownie, which sounds yummy. Strawberry smoothie and caramel apple. So, I'm going to... Oh, you know what's neat about this? You open it up and they have little sticks. So, that makes it even easier to eat. So, let me pass one of these over to you. Thank you, Jeff. So, uh, chewy caramel with a cream center, and it's got the cow jumping over the moon on it, and it's got the guts. I may have to, I may have to pull up my glasses here. It says American made. The label is very small. And what's great is these are both from the Guts Candy Company, still in Baltimore, Maryland www.goetzecandy.com and the the design is beautiful I wish this were enlarged but it is a little you don't see it on this package on the main package you just have a cow jumping over the moon but on the on the individually wrapped 
there's there's a man in a chef's cap, huh. oldie timey, making candy. So I love the I love the packaging of candy. I think especially the old time candy just has such rich um, artwork, and there's such beauty in these um, vintage candy lines. Okay, so this is like the caramel cream on a stick. So it's just a tiny version. If you actually slice this, I'm guessing it would be ex- it would be like the caramel cream. Very much so. Yeah. You know, every time mm. you say caramel, I think of um, caramel <laughs> and caramel apples and melting mm-hmm. caramel. And um, we would let mother have the little little uh, mm. the caramels, and we'd eat the chocolate that came in the in the same bag. You know. Mm. Okay, so I would say taste-wise they're almost the same, except when you bite into the original guts, you really get the difference of the creamy center because it's bigger. And so you get that vanilla taste pop, so to speak, as you bite in. Would you like water? And here... You know, water might be good, but here it's just all—it's more blended in together. So, I—I uh, I have to say, I think I prefer the original bullseye. I think there's something about me that just likes the classic candy. So, my votes for the original bullseye, but they're both terrific, and I like that they're both from the Guts Candy Company. That is still around. So David walked away to get some water, and he mentioned caramel candy apple. So fun thing I learned about Cowtails today, they have a really great YouTube channel, and I invite you to watch some of their videos. They've got these two guys who have a banter and talk about Cowtails, and in one of the videos, they talk about making caramel apples with Cowtails. So what fun would that be? And I'm sure you could do it with either one of these that you just take these and you microwave them Hmm. and you can put them in for three to five minutes and they'll melt stir it up and you dip your apple in that Hmm. so you can make your your candy apples this time of year with a cow tail so as you're driving down the road be sure and pull on the stuckies yeah pick up your cow tails Take them home and get ready for hours. listening to America's and Radio. And they're, the they're almost better for a little soft. So what they listening. said on the, the Guts YouTube channel is you can either just stick them out in the sun a bit. You can put them on your dashboard in the sun, in the package, of course. It'll get very sticky. Or stick them in the microwave, and it'll be a little easier to, to chew and probably have a nice flavor to it. So... Cowtails and Caramel Creams, those are two really popular candies that have just been around forever. And now we're going to go on to a candy known as Slowpoke. <laughs> have you ever had one of these? I don't think so. If I, if I have, I don't recall. So a year after, and I, you know, I want to bring this up maybe next week, but uh, Sugar Daddy... Oh, yeah. Now, Sugar Daddy, I, I certainly remember. That's a classic. Now, my I need to get another Sugar Daddy because I've had this in my house for a couple months, and it's gotten <laughs> really hard. I wonder how many people have just found a Sugar Daddy, like, 
sitting around after a while and yeah they're um it's got some weight to it so we'll do we'll do sugar daddy next week but a year after sugar daddy made its debut so in 1926 um is when Slowpoke came along sugar daddy was 1925 sugar daddy had the um you know has a lollipop handle so this came originally from the Holloway Candy Company that is no longer al- around. Hmm. So what you'll see with a lot of these candy companies is mergers and acquisitions, and they change hands. So it is no longer the Holloway Candy Company. It is now Atkinson that makes this. But originally it was a simple, rather firm, rectangular lollipop. So hmm. that was the first slow poke. And... They called it a slow poke because... It took a long time to... Exactly. And then they've got as their um, their little mascot, a turtle. Hmm. And I love, he's got real heavy lids. He looks like he's sleepy. So it's a slow poke, sleepy turtle sort of <laughs> plodding along. And it's only 180 calories per serving. So I like that these are... All right, so maybe they're not the healthiest options. We always need to treat ourselves some, though. But they're not super high in calories. So you can have your morning or your afternoon pick-me-up and get a little fun sugar break. So it also says on the back, cholesterol-free, gluten-free, and zero trans fats. So there you go. It does have um, the ingredients are um, sugar. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have one figure that out. Yeah, corn syrup, cane sugar, coconut oil. It's got some milk in it, of course. And there's a few other things, but um, got some caramel and caramel coloring in there. But uh, not super ingredient heavy. It's mostly sugar. Uh, so now it's no longer in the original lollipop format. It's so- sold in bars. And you can also find it in little individual bite-sized pieces. Um, but I got the bars, so that's what we're going to try today. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all right, so this is one that might be good to stick in the microwave as well. All right, I brought a knife, which is a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, this almost looks like just a big chunk of caramel. Okay, David, trying to. Next time, maybe I'll get some gloves. I can get hands free. Oh. All right. We've got the cleaner here if you want it. Yeah, we might need to do some hand sanitizer. So, yeah, this is. um, This almost looks like a piece of bacon. You know, I think this actually might be pretty good on bacon. What if you got some bacon? Oh, yeah. Put this on top and microwaved it. We might should try that. (laughs) So. Bacon is good any way you do it. This is really just like a... It's a big hunk of caramel. That's what it is. And a piece of... A piece of cardboard. Yeah. It's got to have the cardboard... It needs a little tray. Oh. It gives it a little firmness in the package. Mm. So, that is really, really, really chewy. If you 
don't like chewy food, don't try caramel. This is not a crunchy. This is not a crunchy morning. This is a chewy day. <laughs> I've had more sugar in the last ten minutes mm-hmm. than I probably had in the last uh, couple of months. <laughs> yeah, my, my parents uh, were very blessed in that uh, I was never a big sweet lover. Um, I my favorite dessert back when I was a kid was an unfrosted chocolate cake. Oh, gosh. No, no, no. I'm, like, all about the frosting. I'm one of those people that likes to take the frosting off and just eat the frosting or just get a bowl of frosting and eat the whole bowl. Well, somebody yeah. had to do something with the frosting. And right. So I just, a uh, big glass of milk and a hot hot chocolate cake out of the oven. Mm, that sounds good. Well, I think there's a reason why we like milk with chocolate, right? Those two taste go really well together mm-hmm. that fl- flavor profile works well with our palate and i think that's why this caramel cream has been so popular for over a hundred years it it blends those two so of these three which do you which do you like i like actually the very first one though yeah i think i do too little, i think it's oh. it's got that nice little it's just the right little pick me up i i would probably take a week to eat these and just have like one a day like yeah. a little a little treat i would like to see if they would I, I i think this may be an older rendering hmm. if they actually individually wrap them i would rather have them individually wrapped yeah, in a bag all right so i'm going to research that i'll come back next week if they have them individually wrapped in a bag i'll see if i can order them i have not seen them individually wrapped in candy stores here in Atlanta. So I'll have to I'll have to do a search. And if any of y'all online or any of the listeners know anything about these candies, got any stories about them, we want to hear your candy tales. Um, oh, so I haven't finished with the, the Slowpoke. It started out with the um, Holloway Candy Company in 1926. Then it got bought out in 2010 by the Worrell Corporation. And then it got bought out again. And today it's, as I said earlier, the Atkinson Candy Company. So if you want some slow pokes, you can find them at a lot of different stores. I found quite a few vintage candies at Walgreens and CVS. They're pretty good Mm -hmm. about carrying a full assortment. Uh, This time of year especially, this is definitely we're entering the candy month. But their website, you can buy Slowpokes online at www.atkinson, A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N, candy, all one word, dot com. So that, these are the, these are the three candies I wanted to feature this week. But since we're talking about caramel, I do want to do a quick shout out for my all time favorite candy, which is the Stuckey's Pecan Log Roll. I'll pass one on to you, David, but I know you've eaten them. So you don't have to have, you've already had a lot of sugar. tasted that, yes. But Stuckey's has caramel, and we have a vanilla nougat in the center. So we have a lot of the same flavor mixes as you see in some of these classic candies. What's different about the Stuckey's pecan log roll, we've got two additional ingredients. Beyond just the caramel and the vanilla, we have the pecans, 
And in the center, we have maraschino cherries. Hmm. So that's a little that's a little different about Stuckies. And I'm going to open up one of our log rolls. We we make log rolls in two ounce, four ounce, six ounce, and ten ounce. And uh, the best seller is this one right here, which is the two ounce. What I like about it is um, you can slice them up. And they look a lot like these caramel creams, actually. Mm-hmm. You slice them up. It's almost like a caramel cream, only it's dipped in pecans. And we have uh, we have those little maraschino cherries. It's hard to see them; they're flecks, but they're in there. Okay, I got to ask since okay. since you brought your product in, mm. is this like? Um, uh, do you do it like, uh, say, fine wine or something that you have a candy taster to make sure that? Every batch is the same, and it has the right. Uh, uh, do you have somebody that checks it, or is that your job? Gosh, you know, we do not. the The candy maker, I know, samples batches, but I'm the overall supervisor of the candy plant. But there is not an individual whose title is candy taster. But wouldn't that be an amazing job? I could handle it about two minutes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. then, you know, six months later, you'd be remodeling your building for the widening the doors. And um, so right. the person could get through. But, yeah, it would be. I, I didn't know whether maybe there was some kind of... Uh, I was serious when I asked the question if there's a yeah. candy taster. There is not. Not at Stucky's. That's not to say, I, I'm curious, I'm wondering, like, uh, Mars or Hershey's, some of the really large candy store operations, or candy operations, if they have someone who, that is their full-time job. I know we develop new recipes, and there's cert- certainly a lot of tasting when we're figuring out new combinations, but I'm not aware of that being, like, the job. <laughs> and what do you do for it? I'm a candy taster. Yeah, candy taster. Now, candy maker is a pretty good job, too, I think. My favorite part about the um, watching pecan rolls being made is the getting the pecans on the nougat is actually hand-rolled. And that's the way it's been since my grandfather's day. And to this day, you actually take the the nougat rolls and you roll it in the candy while it's hot right wow. you it's got caramel around it which helps it stick and then you roll it in the the pecan pieces and they taste delicious so you let them dry for uh like a day so they get really firm but right as they're warm to me is when they taste the best but the way I like to eat any of these candies, honestly, which is why I like, I keep going back to these caramel creams, but I like that they're sliced. My favorite way to eat a pecan log roll, no matter what size it is, and I've got some of the, this is our Big Daddy roll. This is the largest we make, and one of my favorite stories about the biggest log roll is that truckers will buy one of these and just eat one in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Now, that'll really help you keep keep you awake, right? This and a cup of coffee, if you've got a 10-mile trip, yeah, miles to go and a long haul, this will help you get on the road and stay on the road. So I love that. A, a log roll this big, sliced thin, is really nice. And you put it on a platter, 
it displays really well. So that's how I like to eat them, and they really look a lot like these caramel corns when you slice them up, caramel creams when you slice them up. So I think we make a good combination. I need to reach out to the Goots company, and I'm really curious if the Goots family, I mean, it's still run by the Goots company. Hmm. Is the Goots family still running this? That would be fun. I would like to meet them. Yeah, we could uh, have them call in and uh, oh, yes. interview them. You know? We should do that. That would be great. So I will have that on my to-do list this week as I'll reach out and see if we can find the Goots candy people. And if you're listening, Goots family, love to hear your story. The Goots's and the Stuckies should get together. We're originally from Germany. My guess is Goots is a German name, August Goots, right? So Stucky is a – we're way, 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 way back. We came from Germany. So we – we share that ancestry. Maybe there's some uh, German candy techniques and cooking tips that we share as well. So that would be really fun. Well, certainly Europe has their mm. uh, candy stores, to mm-hmm. say the least. And uh, they, they're very much into uh, chocolates and uh, all sorts of candies, really. But You know what I love about the real old-time store candy stores? And I remember some of these when I was little. And then, like, when you go to Disney World and Disneyland where they have, you know, the, the old-time candy stores that are recreating what it would have been like in the 1900s or turn of the century. And they had not just candy, but nuts. Mm-hmm. All those old candy stores, you would come in and there would just be this incredible smell, not just of the fudge and the chocolate being made, but roasted nuts. And to me, that's really special, and that's something that Stuckey's is hitting on. We're coming out with a larger line of our flavored nuts. Hmm. And I think nuts and candy just naturally go well together. Oh, yeah, you, the salt and, and the, just the bit of salt. and uh, Yeah. And uh, there's not a car- cardiologist in the world that doesn't love you. Right? And a dentist. And dentist. (laughs) We're we're Dennis's best friend. But that sweet and savory flavor mix really is something that we naturally gravitate to. And there's a reason. It's it's delicious. You like that that, uh, contrast, Mm -hmm. the flavor contrast. So it absolutely makes sense. And we're working on a new retro candy line actually right now. And we've got similar labels. They're going to be hanging bags. And one set is the old-time candy shop, and the other is pecan shop. And we're going to sell them side by side, but the obviously the pecan shop will have flavored nuts. And we'll also include some cashews and some peanuts, not just, not just our famous pecans. And keep in mind, folks, um, we need to say it more. This is all at Stuckey's. Mm-hmm. As you're driving down the road... Uh, in fact, I was talking to uh, somebody the other day and mentioned Stuckey's. And um, it's always, there's always the little glimmer in their eyes, and you know they're remembering something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, it, I, and I didn't ask, but you could just tell that, uh, and this happens to be a retired colonel that I was talking to. And, uh, you know, there was just, there's something in his eyes, a memory of, either his parents or something that he did with his kids 
going to a Stuckey's. And uh, your, your name is just so widely known that uh, everybody remembers and has a story about Stuckey's. And we'd like to hear your story about Stuckey's. Maybe even uh, the first time you remember going into a Stuckey's. Yeah. And, uh, I love those. I hear a lot of fun stories. People share them with me all the time. I really get like a dozen a day. One I got recently was someone told me that when she was young, they went on a family fishing trip, Mm -hmm. and everyone caught a fish, and they stopped at Stucky's on their way home, and she has a vivid memory of them all holding their catch of the day in the Stucky's parking lot and took a photo, and she's like, I I have that photo somewhere. I'm like, please, I want to see that picture, because I think that would be such fun to have people holding up fish in the parking lot and so it's what i think really makes me happy is when i hear these memories and it's not just i stopped at stuckey's but it's something very specific i went to stuckey's on my honeymoon i've gotten several of those Mm -hmm. i because back in the day people drove for their vacations and their trips even their honeymoon you know get in the car and drive you know the two most famous lines that kids asked their dad as he was driving are we almost there? And can we stop at Stuckey's? That's right. Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I know I said both of those a lot. I think one difference growing up in a Stuckey family is we always stopped at Stuckey. I'm sure. <laughs> and we would usually stop for a couple of hours each time. It was not a quick stop. We would have to talk to everyone and see how the displays were put out and make sure the candy was fresh. So we were always checking on the stores. That's neat. Well, we're um, actually over the halfway mark, and I'm going to switch over to the novelty or the toy section because every week we want to feature a candy and then also some sort of nostalgic item that you would have found at Stuckey's or would have been back in the day when Stuckey's was really at its peak was popular. And so, you know, I am sorry. I only have one of these, David. That's right. (laughs) I I got a coonskin cap, and uh, I wore one of these in a post on social media and I got a little bit of pushback from people about wearing a dead animal so no animals were killed in the making of this cap this is all faux fur Uh, and back in the day they were really coonskin caps or uh, usually it would be a raccoon tail oh yeah and you know know what show made it popular Davy Crockett yep starring Uh, oh uh uh, his name just... Fess uh, Parker. Yes, Fess Parker. In 1955. Yep. But the origins are with the Native Americans. They would wear coonskin caps when they went hunting. And then frontiersmen like Davy Crockett. So there's Daniel a reason you know, we call... You'll sometimes hear called the Davy Crockett hat. Daniel Boone. And explorers. Meriwether Lewis of Lewis and Clark wore a coonskin cap. So, um, fun fact, Daniel Boone never wore a coonskin cap. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That did not matter to Disney or any of the others who um, resurrected the coonskin cap in the 1950s, along with just this whole era of being enamored with the Wild West and the freedom of the West. So I think there were a lot of us in the 1950s who grew up playing, and, and I'm sorry, it may be a little politically insensitive, but Cowboys and Indians is what they called it back in the day. And uh, we still sell a lot of these at Stuckey's. The bow and oh, arrow bow sets. And arrows, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and we sell the tomahawks. They're all rubber. They're all plastic, so they're they're safe for well. I, I think you have to be a certain age, uh, but. These were such fun. I had three brothers, so I was right in there with them, playing all the cowboy and Indian stuff. And the fun thing is a lot of women, a lot of girls, sorry, a lot of young girls, wanted to have a coonskin cap, too. And so they made a coonskin cap for girls. Do you know what they called it? No. They called it the poly cap. Hmm. Yep. So Davy Crockett's first wife who died in childbirth, was named Polly. So they had the Polly cap, and they were white and pink and green. Loved Fess Parker. Yeah. uh, (laughs) uh, That was uh, black and white, and Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know... I stayed up and and watched it religiously yep. every week, and uh, as soon as Hempel Wells, which was our big department store in Lubbock, had coonskin caps, I got a coonskin cap, and mine, like I said, had the earmuffs that you, yeah. you push up, or you could pull them down to cover your ears in the winter, and uh, then it had a snap-on tail. Uh, yeah, just a you push it, just a snap. Oh wow, and, that's uh, great! I think that would be fun. It would be more functional if it didn't have the tail on it all times. Because yeah, this yeah. could definitely be. This is very warm, even though it's faux fur. Uh, and I've seen some that are real dead yeah. animals, and it's actually got the head. Yeah, the animal. Head I didn't want that. I, I, you know, uh, Davy Crockett's didn't have it, and uh, yeah, and uh, then it's. Well, I just had a great childhood, and uh, my dad uh, had a lumberyard, and uh, he made me a Davy Crockett rifle. Oh wow! All wood. The pop, the pop rifles. Yeah. Well, it, but it, this was all wood, and it was it, it was an exact replica of the flintlock, and uh, uh, he did just a fantastic job on it. But oh yes, everybody was yeah Davy Crockett. These really hit the cultural circuit and hit their peak in the 1950s. But to this day, people still buy the the Davy Crockett coonskin caps. We sell them at Stuckey's. And we had actually an internal debate at our sales team meeting if we were going to continue stocking them. And, and I'm like, there's no debate. <laughs> we're, we're stocking them. And I said, we'll do an experiment. Let's see if they sell. And they did. They sold out. I'm, I'm just curious yeah. in, in doing that. They consistently that, sell. Uh, how many kids, like I was, uh, you know, had to watch Davy Crockett? I don't even know if it's any place to be found on TV. Well, through the miracle of Hulu and streaming and Netflix, Netflix and all the different options, Amazon Prime, you can find all these classics. And you can definitely find the, the Davy Crockett movie. So it started out as a Disneyland television show, but sales of the coonskin caps pi- spiked and the ri- the wooden rifles and the bow and arrow sets all of that so we saw there was a just a whole wild west craze and there was a movie so you can see the movie i'm sure you can still see the show (laughs) and you know it was interesting i was reading about um davy crockett and so he did wear one of these caps 
But he not only was known as a frontiersman, but he was a politician. He was a congressman. He was yes. in Congress. Yeah. And he was from Tennessee. And he he got defeated and he moved to Texas. So he's like, to hell with him. Yeah. He literally said that. To hell with him in Tennessee. I'm moving to I'm moving to Texas. He probably was very well liked in Texas. I can see him in fitting right in. That's right. Do you remember? Can you sing the song? Davy, Davy Crockett, <laughs> king of the wild frontier. Right. So, um, at one time, this is a fun fact: over five thousand coonskin caps were sold every day throughout the country and abroad. Wow. Yeah. So that was sort of at its peak. But like I said earlier, you do not have to worry about the raccoon population declining because of these caps. They are all made of faux fur. So um, the, the fun thing also, like I said, this this um, the coonskin cap is popular to this day. Did you ever watch the 1964 TV series, The Addams Family? Yeah, I was not big on it. Uh, uh, let's see. Just speaking of theme songs... Um, Yep. That was that was a really fun show and that, that was And the guy with the pens in his neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Uncle Fester would sometimes wear a skunk skin cap made out of a skunk. <laughs> so it would have it had the uh, it was black and had the white stripe down the middle of both the crown and the tail. And then probably one of the most classic Christmas movies of all time, A Christmas Story, the mm-hmm. 1983 film, The Boy Wears Coonskin Cap. And remember, he's obsessed with getting the, the rifle. So it fits right in with the theme. So you see this throughout popular culture. Lil Abner. Lil Abner, the... Senator on the cartoon ship, uh, cartoon strip, Jack S. Fogbound wears a coonskin cap. And there was an actual real life politician, in addition to Davy Crockett, who wore coonskin cap. Hmm. You know who that was? No. So it was a senator from Tennessee, Estes Kefauver. Oh, I remember the name, yeah. certainly, but I. Under- yep. So, during a speech in Memphis, during a hotly contested Senate race, this was in 1948, he said, I'm going to read the quote to make sure I get it right, I may be a pet coon, but I'm not Boss Crump's pet coon. So, that was in response to his competition, his rival for the seat, making a allegation that he was in some crony, you know, corrupt politician's back pocket. So he said, I am not Boss Crump's pet coon. And after that, every day on the campaign trail, he wore a coonskin cap. Wow. Including when he ran for vice president of the United States. At one year old, I don't remember any of that stuff. Mm. So he was the vice presidential candidate on the ticket with what presidential candidate? Probably would have been Roosevelt. At the, mm, nope. No. It was 1956, Adelaide oh, Stevenson. Oh, Adelaide Stevenson, yeah, 1956. And who did he run against? 56, 56. Eisenhower. Eisenhower, yeah. yeah. I was I was really about to say it. I was like, Eisenhower. Yeah, because it was right before Kennedy. Yeah, in fact, uh, yeah. 
uh, Adlai Stevenson ran twice against him and lost twice against Eisenhower. That's right. That's right. Okay. See, you get political history. You get candy tales. You get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Pop culture, TV history. So I got one more Politico fact. There is a more contemporary politician who I've actually met a couple times. Uh, He served in Congress with my father, Lawton Childs, from Florida. Remember, when he ran for governor, he walked the entire state. I think that's what a lot of people remember him for. So in 1994, to celebrate his gubernatorial re-election victory over Republican Jeb Bush... He said he donned a coonskin cap. So, interesting. There you go. Uh, it was recalling a campaign statement which he had predicted his victory by saying, "The old he coon walks just before the light of day." I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I think it means like he's up early and he walks and he works hard, and so he put the coonskin cap on as a sign of his victory when he won re-election in 1994. So politicians and kids alike seem to like the coonskin cap. I'm just glad to know that uh, the kids are still interested in in coonskin caps and uh, and the little bit of history that uh, goes along with them and, uh, and the hero. Yeah, well, it's part of the whole fun of dressing up. And I think make-believe and trying on different characters, and a lot of that does get lost today. My kids had way too many electronic devices, even though I tried to curb it. It's hard. It's everywhere. And there's less of the let's just make-believe and let's put on a coonskin cap and let's pull out some bow and arrows and let's go outside. I think that's also part of the fun of a coonskin cap is it can be an outdoor play. It keeps you warm in the cold weather. So it's just fun. It's celebrating life and we still sell these to this day at Stucky's along with the Tommy Hawks and the bow and arrow sets. We might make them available online. We'll see. (laughs) Be really fun to know if people listening, let us know what you're interested in. What kind of toys did you enjoy playing with and you'd like to know the the history behind it last week we did the duncan bird uh, one that i really enjoy is the smoking monkey uh people have asked me about the mexican jumping beans oh yeah yeah uh just the other week i was talking to a man who said well i love the magnetic uh dogs mm-hmm. if you've ever seen the magnetic dogs mm-hmm. and then uh somebody actually sent me one of their toys that they got at Stucky's that I remember was a floating duck with a magnet wand. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of magnet toys back in the day. And the duck would follow the the wand around in the pond. Yeah, you'd put the bowl, a glass bowl or something, and put it in, and then you'd hold it up, or you'd have it where you could do it from the bottom. From the bottom. That's right. Okay. So I have that now because someone sent it to me, and I even have... The original box. Hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff you can get on eBay. Interesting. I I didn't realize that. So many of these nostalgic toys, unfortunately, aren't made anymore or hard to find, especially the ones with magnets because they can be a a hazard. Kids swallow them. 
They can be very toxic. So a lot of these toys, well, my, my parents encouraged me to swallow the big magnets, and they'd just put a magnet on the end of the stick and drag me around. Then they could know. find you, That's right? right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, toys weren't necessarily as safe back then, but they sure were a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, again, and this, this is... This is what worries me about the electronics. You know, you were talking about Halloween. Well, I know for at least one or two Halloweens I went as Davy Crockett. Yeah. You know? And then the other thing about about just like you were talking about, little girls dressing up and, you know, Cinderella or whatever and whatever mm-hmm. and whatever. You know, but all of this and, and Stucky's. Is memories? Yeah. How can you get a memory from playing an electronic thumb game? You know, uh, you're not being creative. You're not, you know, shooting every whatever that we can't say anymore. But you know, it's but it was creative, and it yeah, and it and you remember the friends that you were with when you were playing whatever role you were playing. You know, yeah, and if you're on a couch by yourself playing with your thumbs yeah, what kind of memory is that it's definitely more personal and interactive with the tactile toys that you can make believe and just have games and have conversations and have fun so yeah. I do have actually one more and I don't have the history well I do have history but we don't have time to fully go into it today so it should be for another show but it does definitely fit with the cowboy western, theme. western cowboy theme so the same time that Davy Crockett was popular and the coonskin caps were pop- popular it was part of a whole sensation across the country like I referenced earlier of the wild west and you would see these great Wild West theme parks, not just Disneyland, right? No, no. One yeah. of my favorites, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, is Six Gun Territory in Florida. No. Yeah, and now I'm forgetting where it was, but I tried to find it a few years ago, and it's, oh, it's near Marine Land. Oh, okay. And so I tracked down where it was, and it is now a strip mall. <laughs> and the only thing left of Six Gun Territory theme park was a barber shop in the strip mall had a bunch of old memorabilia and photographs of Six Gun Territory. So you could go in the barber shop and sort of relive what fun it was. But they would reenact gunfights. So you could you'd yeah. sit in the stands and they would have this gunfight and then they'd run in the stands and people would fall off roofs and they'd have these giant mattresses where they could know catch themselves but it was like stunt men and women and it was so much fun and they had the guns making all this noise and smoke going and that was really one of my all-time favorite i think i enjoyed six gun territory more than disneyland and disney world i went to both as a kid yeah but there's this whole time in our country's history where westerns were super popular bonanza and John Wayne and um, I love the movie Giant that was sort of that era Um, so John Wayne of course was uh, one of the most don't forget Roy Rogers Roy Rogers Dale Evans Dale Bullet and Trigger Trigger yep 
I, I was fortunate enough to uh, meet them, and uh, wow, their uh, their backup group was the Sons of the Pioneers, and uh, they started out in my hometown, and, in Lubbock. In Lubbock. Wow. Uh, and the reason they they got their start was that uh, Gene Autry had gone on strike, oh, wow. and uh, they were looking for a singing cowboy, and. Uh, they were the O Bar O Boys in Lubbock, and they were on KFYO radio. And wow. uh, they would thank Mrs. Smith, Mrs. Jones for the great apple pie or the great pecan pie or the fried chicken. That was. They didn't have two nickels to rub together, but when people would hear them, then the ladies started bringing in food. And what my mother's best friend named uh, Velma Blanton, uh, wound up marrying Tim Spencer, who was one of the Sons of the Pioneers, and they all went out to Hollywood together. And uh, when we when we were visiting out there, that's how I got to meet Roy Rogers and uh, see the stuff trigger and uh, Dale Evans. And uh, Tim Spencer was head of uh, Columbus, uh, Columbia uh, religious music as in his latter days. Wow. I love origin stories. Yeah. I just to me it's so interesting how companies got their start, how famous people got their start, and maybe even not so famous people, but who just were successes yeah. in life and what led them to that point where they really started to make it and that's nostalgia we're yeah. gonna have to wrap it up oh can i Time just say is- um the bobblehead mm-hmm. so i have a john wayne bobblehead i was giving these in our swag box for stuckies and turns out these babies are going now amazon's selling them for fifty dollars ebay i mean 250 ebay has them for fifty dollars wow. but you can get one um in our swag box this week only on our facebook page ah. so sign up for our contest well, we look forward to more nostalgia next week. And uh, as always, Stephanie, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you on this show. And, and uh, the memories that come up, it, it makes the day. Thank you, David. It's been a pleasure. I'll see everyone next week. We'll be here. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.